As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Guys, thanks for joining in. Uh, appreciate you listening to my voice as always. Uh, I really care for you, you know? I care for you guys, and uh, I'm very excited to have a special guest with us today. Um, there's a lot of things that I could say to introduce him, but um, I'll start with a couple things. Um, this, this person... Um, was a star football player. Uh, I first um, played against him in high school, actually, which we'll talk about. And he went on to the University of Missouri, and he walked on as a wide receiver and had um, an extremely successful career there, made a great impact to the Tigers football team. Uh, I remember when I first met him, uh, we talked, uh, he, you know, I, I express. I don't even know if he remembers this, but I expressed kind of one that I really respected him for his work ethic, and I looked up to that, and that I wanted to even have the opportunity to do that, um, you know. And he shot me straight with it. I, you know, we we talked about work ethic, work ethic, and um, you know the, the path to get there. Uh, anyway, um, you know, like I said, there's a ton of things I could say to introduce him, but I'm going to introduce him as number 84. Mr. Tommy Saunders from the University of Missouri. How you doing, Tommy? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. I uh, appreciate you coming out. We're here in New York right now, and uh, uh, it's been a month since I've seen you. We were at the at the football uh, reunion there, the ten year reunion for our, our awesome Cotton Bowl season. Uh, I think we even talked about you. I talked about you. I think with uh, Caleb. On the podcast episode number thirty-one. I'm sorry that it's not episode number eighty-four, but maybe <laughs> maybe bring me back. Yeah, maybe when uh, episode eighty-four comes out, I'll have you have you on. <laughs> that's a must for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So yeah, um, you're out in New York right now, making moves, um, stepping up, doing big business things. Uh, you know, I know that after football you started Feudum, and I know we can kind of get to that later. But I love that. Uh, that acronym is what it is, guys. It's it stands for forgive everyone who doubts me, um, and I think that there's a lot to be said about uh, about that. And I think Tommy uh, and several of us really embody that, right? I mean, we we in order to be great at anything, no matter what it is, um, there's countless hours. Uh, and sacrifices that you have to put into it behind the scenes before anyone else believes you. Sometimes, sometimes for for people seeing is believing, and they won't believe that you're great until they see it, right? And I think forgive everyone who doubts me means a lot of things, but for me, it's just wait. You know what I mean? I'm putting in the I'm putting in the hours. Just wait. I forgive you for only believing believing what you see. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, I think that a lot of the time, time is taken for granted when we're working towards a goal, you know. And I always get reminded the most of it, like when I'm reading the Bible and like you, know, you read stories like 
Moses goes out for 40 years in the wilderness, you know? And you just read that passage and, and then he comes back and he, you know, fulfills his destiny, you know? And I think for us, it's everything is so fast paced now. We want, we want it right now. If our um, phone delays for three seconds, we're like, refresh, refresh, you know? <laughs> and, you know, when you're trying to accomplish something great, and something that you know very few people can accomplish and be it takes time and not everybody has that same mindset and so you run across people that don't believe in you that doubt that you can even execute some of the goals that you're setting the businesses that you're building whatever it might be and feudum is something that i created uh, just out of frustration and i didn't know how to like handle all of the people that didn't believe in me, um, coaches and teammates, uh, friends that didn't think I could um, accomplish my goals. And so that was something I had internally. I just, you know, it started out as for everybody who doubted me. I went through times when it was forgive them. Uh, and so it was something that I was like, hey, I'm going to prove to you that, uh, that you're wrong, that I am going to accomplish my goals. And that's something that stuck with me, and I had it through high school through college and I felt myself in that same position whenever I got done with football and I was trying to build my business and I was like and I, at this point nobody even knew Feudum existed and uh, or what it was it was something I wrote on my workouts uh, top of my sheet or on my football that I had and as I started to grow my business I felt myself in that same position trying to raise capital trying to sell my product at trade shows and, and whatnot and I was like you know I'm just going to name my company Feudum and I don't care if anybody doesn't know what it means or what it is and it, it kind of caught on and people um, understood it they got it uh, right away and so uh, you know there's people with tattoos on it I think as you you build a brand wow. and you know we, <laughs> I think awesome. at one point there was like 25 people with a Feudum tattoo I was watching <laughs> watching a basketball game and there was a guy with a Feudum tattoo on his arm it was wow. it was crazy so it's just a mindset and you can say it, Feudum you know I mean there's a lot of different ways that people are kind of saying the same thing but um, whatever it is you gotta be mentally strong and mentally tough to accomplish anything great um, to have the discipline to, to do what it is so well, I can say you have achieved greatness in a lot of ways, Tommy, and uh, um, I think there's something to be said by that. So sometimes people need the proof after the fact, right? But um, uh, there's greatness in you. You've achieved greatness. I think you'll continue to achieve greatness. Um, I'll start from the beginning. I, I remember the first time I, I knew who you were. Uh, I was in high school. Um, it's funny, um, I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, I went to Eureka, Missouri, and that year, we had never been to state before, right? And so Tommy went to Kearney High School, which is in the west side of Missouri, uh, Kansas City, greater area. Um, Eureka is on the east side, it's in St. Louis, right? In the state championship, the two teams Want the best team from the West and the best team from the East meet, and they played at that time. They were playing in the Edward Jones Dome, which was where the Rams play, the St. Louis Rams. Um, and we had never been there. And, and to, I think I talked about this with Caleb for a second, but to ach to achieve a level where you've never been before, I, I think that that's that's a difficult thing to do, right? Because it's it's mental more than anything. It's easier to. 
if you've been there, you can do it again easier. But to to move to move the bar up, to pioneer the bar up, um, it takes it takes a great. And football is the ultimate team sport. So um, I was lucky to be a part of the Eureka squad in 2002 when we went to state and we played Tommy's team um, uh, at, in the state championship. Uh, and just getting just getting to the game was a miraculous season for us. We were always successful, but we never made it through the playoffs. Um, and that that was a special year for our team. Um, you know, from day one, we had shirts made that, that said, "What did you do today to get here?" And it was a picture of the Edward Jones jump, the Edward Jones dome, on November twenty first or whatever day it was. Right. Um, and it was kind of like win today, which was our when we were at Mizzou. It's kind of like win today. What did you do today? Focus on today because that's the only thing you can tr- can control right now. So anyway, Tommy's team um, was there, and Tommy made a couple really great plays in that game that that really s- influenced uh, great direction of the game. How many touchdowns did you score in that game? I think I had a couple. Had a. Punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, the punt return was the big. And had a couple interceptions. That was a that was a blow. You know, the 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 punt return for a touchdown was a big blow. And I remember seeing number eighty four. I'm like, mother, you know. <laughs> but they uh, they played great that day, you know, and it was a great battle, um, and Kearney walked away with the state championship, um, and and uh, you know, lots of lots of memories with that. Um, but uh, it, w- it was definitely uh, something that, you know, that, that led to kind of your opportunity to be a preferred walk on at Mizzou, right? You would say, I would say that probably really. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think uh, Coach Hill does a great job, the wide receiver coach at Mizzou does a great job of scouting, you know, all the teams in the state. And uh, there's one of the things that you had this shirt about the dome, one of the things that I had on my shirt and I wore it, from my last two seasons of high school was big time players play big in big games. Yep. And at the end of the season, really where I wanted to step up and make sure that I executed. Um, and I just got looked at during those by Coach Hill and got played good enough for him to uh, offer me a preferred walk-on spot at Mizzou. That's awesome, Tommy. Um, the preferred walk-on spot is a little different than the walk-on spot, which is what I was. Um <clears throat> Uh, the preferred walk-on is where, just like Tommy said, you know, Mizzou noticed you, right? And they weren't necessarily quite ready to offer a scholarship, but they wanted to they wanted to see what you could do type thing. Or would you describe it differently than that? Yeah, I would say, really, you got to go to two days where a lot of the walk-ons um, came the first day of school. Yeah, um, and so everybody else has been practicing for three weeks at that time and went through the two days and uh, the tough uh, the tough grind of camp and so that was kind of where I got to come in where most freshman walk-ons don't get to do when they come the first day of school and so I would say that's the biggest um, I would say preferred that I felt like I got other than some other walk-ons that's awesome Uh, I appreciate that breakdown you know, I remember I was I ran track my freshman year. I think we're the same age, right? We both graduated in 05? Okay. I'm 04. Oh, okay. You're a year older. Okay. Yeah. So you were already two years in on the football team when I joined. I, My freshman year, your sophomore year, I ran track. And I think I met you when I was running track at 
it was like at night at one of Brady Commons or something like that. You were probably working, um, and you know I was I was focused on track, but I wrote myself this note. I said if I'm not fulfilled with track, I my heart has always been in football. I miss football, you know, so much. That freshman year was the only time I hadn't played football for like 12 years or something, right? But I thought I could be more successful, and I I could have, right? I, I ended up becoming a, a letterman my freshman year in track, but my heart was in football. So I remember seeing Tommy. We talked. I, I told him how I felt. I'm sure he probably doesn't remember it. Um, but uh, it was it was nice for me to, to have a conversation with someone that I, that I looked up to in that way. Um, you know, I remember going to games and seeing you play. I see. I saw you down on the field making plays. You know, and I was like, "That's that's freaking awesome." You know, um, so I appreciated. I appreciate that, Tommy. That you were kind of cool, not kind of, but that you were open and, and able to talk to me and kind of not um, steer me away from it. But if anything, kind of guide me toward the fact that I wanted to join the team. Uh, and we were able to become friends. Uh, you know, I joined my sophomore year, Tommy's junior year. He was already making plays and making big contributions on the team at that time. You know, and I was starting there at the, at the very bottom. Uh, first day of school, not uh, two days. I, I, I think I've talked about it before, so I don't need to go into all that. But Coach Odom is the one who opened the doors for me. Um, nevertheless... Uh, Tommy and I worked really hard in the weight room, right? And a lot of the guys, we all had to work hard, but Tommy went above and beyond. Like, I wanted to get, I was like, Tommy, let me let me get in with you on this stuff. Let me let me get in on, I didn't ever do the 100,000 push-ups thing, which Tommy did, which we could talk about. But, uh, you know, I wanted to get in there and, you know, catch balls from different, catch footballs from different angles, you know, focus on, you know, getting punched. Didn't you, like, punch us in the stomach sometimes when we were doing yeah, abs and stuff. Yeah, core. Yeah, you know, what, what are some of the exercises that you remember? You, 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 we would do all kinds. Yeah. Uh, well, one of my, like, mindset things I wrote down on my mirror in college was to do things that other people think are humanly impossible. So that was kind of, like, my mindset was, like, to work so hard, people were like, okay, you can't do that or I can't do that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did 100,000 push-ups in a year. I did a million abs in a year. We would do workouts where you're punching uh, each other in the stomach, doing hanging abs, slapping each other in the chest, uh, bare skin, um, running hills at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We would uh, play catch with eggs. Yeah. Um, like, go buy, like, six dozen eggs and work on catching those yeah. um, there was just catching a tennis balls tennis balls medicine balls running routes um, and and definitely I think is really just a focus on trying to get as uh, be the best wide receiver you can be you know as a walk on you have to work you know 10 times as harder as hard as everybody else and so my mindset was if I catch every single ball they have to play me if I catch every ball they have to play me there's no other option and that was the mindset that I that I took, and and it worked out for me. Um, it was like they didn't have a choice. Like, well, I guess we got to keep moving up. He just keeps making plays, um, and so it it worked out every year. My goal is to get better every single day, um, and it just was a mindset. That's all it was. Um, your body's gonna tell you if you can go or you can't go, and the goal is to never let. You know, there's gonna be times where you're trying to push yourself as hard as you can, and your body just will not go any faster. 
And so my goal was to not let my mind ever quit. And I might be walking or trying to run, uh, but my mind is like, go, keep going, keep going, keep pushing yourself. And so just that positive self-talk is something that I feel like we all embodied at Mizzou in those summer workouts, in those spring workouts, in those winter conditioning, 6 a.m. workouts that um, I feel like those years that we were there that we all came together and embodied this this mindset of never giving up, never quitting. Uh, and so it was, it was a great time for me, for sure. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that, Tommy. You know, I, uh, I completely, completely understand. And one of the things that you, you know, when I would work out, I would, I would work out with one of the things that I think we both absolutely like worked. People know me for my work ethic. You know, that's what people, when they think about me, people that know me well, they think about my work ethic. I think one of the cool things about how you approached your work ethic differently than mine is you had a plan. You, you took the time to map stuff out days, weeks, months in advance. Do you, am I correct in that? Yes. I feel like you had you had stuff mapped out. I would work myself to the point where I couldn't walk anymore or I threw up or whatever, you know, in track. I would, like, throw up every time I did a hard workout. Um, but um, you were you were like, Mike, you need to, like, have a little bit more structure to this, right, and, and be methodical. And I think those are some really good lessons. And, and later in life, business has helped me kind of be a little bit more methodical as well. But I think to be as successful as you can be, because it's hard work plus smart work, um, you know, it, it's being smart about it too. And I think you took the, the time to put the, the mind into the, the planning. You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is I liked that you brought that level to it. And, and I've been able to apply that type of thing later in life, or better than I was, I think, when I was younger. Um, nevertheless, though, yeah, um, that's a little bit about uh, our history. I, I think, um, you know, you guys check out Tommy Saunders, uh, Google, Google <laughs> Tommy Saunders, check out Feudum, um, you know, what they, some of the, the products that Feudum sells uh, is uh, the Rock 360 and the Omniball. They're both, uh, you know, cutting edge. I remember when, when Tommy first came out with the Rock 360, there was, uh, it's if you have those ab wheels, it goes like front to back, just down and back. But Tommy has came up with this idea and engineered this, this apparatus that like goes all over the place, right? You can like completely work basically your entire core. Um, and then he um, re-engineered it. He continued to improve that product and re-engineered and created the Omni Ball, which are like these things where you put it on your hands. And now instead of one ball, now you have kind of two and you can do different directions and, and even work your core even more. Um, is there anything you want to say about that? Or? That was really good. No, I like hearing <laughs> other people talk about and describe it. You know, when you're starting a business, they always talk about your elevator pitch and then take that step further. It's like, okay, if me and you meet at a bar and I'm like, oh, this is what I do, what are you going to tell somebody else that my company is? And so I like, I like hearing other people describe the products. So I appreciate cool. that. Oh, good. <laughs> I d I, so I did a good job. Yeah, you did. Good, good. Um, well, um, you guys should check out the Omniball. Get one too. Why not? Uh, it'll help. Uh, it'll help tighten up that core, right? It'll help shed some pounds. I need to. 
I've been working out a little bit more. I'll tell you, I don't know if, I, I haven't told you this yet, but I, I got a call from The Bachelorette recently. Okay. And uh, they want to talk to me. Uh, I'm going to meet with one of the agents uh, in New York, actually, and um, they, uh, they're they interested. You know, there's still different rounds of going. I know you did reality TV uh, for your business, um, but... He, you know, I may have the opportunity to get on the Bachelorette, and uh, I think if I do that, I might need to get the Omni Ball, uh, yeah, just to kind of get my core <laughs> looking, yeah. looking good. <laughs> when I was on, I was on uh, Spike TV, Jillian Michaels. Um, it was called Sweat Inc., and it was basically Shark Tank meets Biggest Loser. So they brought in um, 20, 20 or thirty uh, entrepreneur, fitness entrepreneurs that would come pitch their business and then they have to train people with their fitness product or philosophy to try to get them to lose weight. So they would test you on the actual business application of your products or your system and on the practical application of training people and does it work? Can you get people to lose weight? And it was really, it was a great experience. Uh, I was doing uh, a section of the show where I was training um, I was training a group of people and Jillian Michaels and the other judges were watching and they stopped and came down and I was in the middle of like doing whatever it was and then being on reality TV you never really know what's going to happen and Jillian Michaels came down and made me take off my shirt. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so I think that's a great idea Yeah. and you always have to be ripped because like, yeah, you know, never know. know. When the time's gonna come where you have to take your shirt off in front of national TV, huh? <laughs> That's true. I, I gotta be ready for that. You, you know? have to. Uh, it's funny because back then, back when we were on the team, we had that machine called the DEXA scan. Do you remember that? Yeah, it hurt your feelings a lot of the time. Well, in your body fat. Let me tell <laughs> you, dude. When I, when I, I was telling you before we recorded this podcast, when I was in the best shape of my life, right before my my career ended, my you know hurt my knee. I did a DEXA scan, and I think. I think with my, this is organ fat included. It's, it's basically it takes ten minutes to like analyze your entire body. It like goes back and forth several times. And it, this is like when you do skin calipers, that's like not all of your bo- actual body fat because it doesn't incorporate, um, like I said, your organ fat and things like that. So I think I think the highest mine was when it was at its lowest was six percent, including organ fat, which is like two percent with skin calipers. Well, the- DEXA, I think, to my knowledge, is the most accurate um, body fat test that you yeah. can do. Yeah. So I think I was at, um, it was either 4 or 6% DEXA. That's crazy. That's yeah. ridiculous. It was, it was insane. Now, this is funny. This is a funny fact. Now my body fat, just like through like blood test work or whatever, is like 21%. And I've lost weight. So that means not only did I lose muscle... But I also gained lost, fat. I, I, I lost. Fat. I gained that's, fat and the, lost muscle. That's the worst. <laughs> I, pro- I probably lost uh, bone density too, because when you work out, and you guys can Google this, your bones over the course of time, your bones will get stronger and more dense if you uh, lift regularly. Uh, I've had people not believe me in the past, and they they Google. I was like, Google it. It's it's definitely a fact. Did you know that, Tommy? Well, yeah, I did know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, Tommy and I lived together. So when my career ended, Tommy's was still going. Um, and 
uh, we lived together. We had kind of a unique situation there. Uh, we lived in a house uh, down on Boulder. I think Boulder Street, 806. Was it 806 Boulder Street? 806 Boulder. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. so to, I didn't even have keys to the house uh, because the front door was unlocked. I don't, I don't think I ever got a key to the house. Um, I had a key to my bedroom door, though. I locked. I put my own locks in my bedroom for, you know, for whatever reason. Because people were always coming in and out of there. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, it was, it was fun. We lived with a, with a pretty cute girl at one point. Um, we lived with Chris Blackerby. Uh, we lived with Alden Smith. <laughs> Alden was the only person uh, that didn't pay rent. Um, but uh, we had a good time. Do you ever keep in touch with him? Or? I saw Alden probably a year or so ago. I touched base with him the first couple of years. He was in the league uh, last year or so. I haven't really talked to him. Um, and for those of you guys, uh, Alden Smith is... You can Google him as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of him. He played for the 49ers for a long time, had uh, a couple run-ins with the law, and now he's with the Raiders, currently still with the Raiders. To my knowledge, I'm not yeah. sure where he is. Then. How's he doing? How was he doing when you saw him? Is He He was good when I saw him. Yeah? Um, yeah, and uh, he's always nice and like fun to be around, you know, and I can't say for his run-ins with the law, uh, but it seems like know a lot of those guys that happens to you know and you know it's unfortunate and we sit back and like judge these guys and what's going on but I don't know what I would do if I was playing football and had you know 20 million dollars in the bank <laughs> you know doing living you know my dream life uh, so I think it's I think we want quick to judge I think it's a lot of it is just people you hang out with you're around I mean you know if me and you hang out together Mike like we're gonna work out more than if we don't yeah you know yeah it's just it it is a fact that the people that you are around if you're around your football buddies that would like to work out you're gonna work out more if you're around people like to go hang out and go party and whatnot you're gonna go out and party more it just it is is what it is and I think that getting getting in the league a lot like you see a lot of those guys Everybody wants to be around them, but not everybody has the same goals. It's kind of like we talked about, like, when you're building a team, everybody has one goal, one vision, and once you get out into, let's say, the real world where you're not in college and not, you know, in the comfort of these coaches and everybody working together, you're on your own, and it's, and uh, I think it just comes at you fast. And so I think that's wise, um, and I think you're also – I think that's wise – I think you're being a good teammate to Alden to say those things, and I appreciate you sharing that perspective because that is true. Um, I think a lot of people are quick to judge, especially from the outside. Um, you know, uh, I will say though, I know you pretty well, and I think I think that uh, if you were in the NFL, I think you've always had a good. You, you have good character. I'm not saying other people don't. I'm just saying I think you have good character, Tommy. And you know, do you even do you drink alcohol? Do have you still never had a drink? Yeah, I've never drank before. Never, still. Never. You shut up. I promise. Oh Tommy Saunders has never had a drink of alcohol, guys. Thirty years old, thirty-one. So even though there was a lot of people um, influencing you, I'd see you out, you know, but you you wouldn't be drinking alcohol. And I respect that. So there's something to be said about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Uh, I think that just knowing where you're, um, and knowing your values is definitely one thing, you know, and knowing where you bend and where you break. And I think you get, you know, whenever you set these values and your principles in your life, like people are going to challenge them and you have to have a strong personality and to, and fully believe to be able to say no. You know what I mean? Like when you got in college, when you have these older, imagine you're a freshman, you go out, you go out, you have all these guys that you look up to and they're like, here, drink, here, drink, you know? And for you to say no in those situations, I mean, it you have to be strong in your values. You have to be mentally strong and take that into every situation possible, you know? And, that's awesome. And, uh, and I think that's where, like, a lot of the planning and knowing where your values are and, like, taking a step back and knowing what you stand and where you want to go um, in life is, is really important because if not, you'll just kind of go with the flow and then all of a sudden you're not where you want to be in situations you don't want to be in. It's 100%. 100%. Well, I... I you, Anyone who's listening, I'm sure, is probably astounded um, right now because it's it's very rare to have that type of discipline. Um, so that's that's really cool, you know. In high school, uh, I, I I never drank. In college, I I, I partied a little bit. Um, you know, I remember uh, 2008. I don't think I had a drink during that entire season and into the following spring um, when we were really going. Um, after obviously, <laughs> after I got hurt, I was drinking, <laughs> you know, but you know, that's a whole nother story. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've covered a lot, Tommy, you yeah. know, I've definitely enjoyed having you on. Um, I feel like we could talk more, but is there anything, anything you want to talk about or ask me or? Uh, any other topics that you want to hit? Um, no, I would just, I think it's really interesting uh, talking and me and catching up with my teammates that I had and where they are now and like how they've applied like their uh, everything I learned in football, the discipline uh, into business in their life and how they're applying that. So I'd like to definitely hear how you're what are you doing now? How do you see that you, what did you learn from football that, how did you apply? And also, I feel like a lot of athletes, they, uh, it's tough whenever they're done with sports, you know? And whenever that happens, it's like a shock. And some people are ready for it because they're working on it. They kind of know exactly what they want to do when they're done with sports. And other people, they don't. And some people, it takes longer for them to, get over it and some people they never get over it they're still thinking about oh I should have played or I should have made that catch or whatever it is so like kind of I want to hear your kind of yeah. you know a couple minutes of yeah how did you get over that and then how did you make that transition and apply it to where you are now well I appreciate the question first of all um and if I forget certain parts of that question just yeah. re-guide me because uh um there's a couple points that I'll make. Uh, it's a multifaceted question. I like it. Um, obviously, you know, when my career, when I got hurt and I, I was out for that spring, uh, I remember coach, you know, I, I remember coach Hill, uh, walked over to me on the sideline and asked me what happened. Um, 
and I don't remember the exact words that were exchanged, but basically we both knew that was it. Um, and I remember looking at Coach Pinkle. He was wondering because he was kind of counting on me. I think he was looking, he was eyeing me. You know, like I was, if you had to compare to like horse racing, I was one of the, the horses that he was kind of putting a little bit of money on. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, I gave him a look that, that was just simply, it's, it's not good. And there was like a, a light that just shut off in his eyes toward me, right? Um, and I remember sitting on that sideline watching you guys continue and move forward with practice as always, you know? And I felt like I was on an elevator just going down. And I was watching you guys from this like glass elevator and you're continuing to go up and I'm continuing to, that's how it felt for me. And honestly, I was getting through the rehab I'll start for when my when when I was done. You know, I rehabbed for like eight weeks. I came back and played in the spring game, but that was it, right? Um, which was cool. And Coach Hill gave me the opportunity to get in, and they they called some plays that that went my way. So I, you know, it was nice to get out there and, and hear my, you know, hear people in the stands that knew me, right? People were screaming, "Go, old droid!" And I'm like, "Wow," you know. So anyway, um, a couple of days later is when I found out that that was that truly was it, and uh, it was it was it was heartbreaking. Um, it's I questioned everything for a while. I, I felt like um, I had an identity crisis in some ways. Um, I, even though I wasn't a star uh, per se, um, like like some of you guys, I was still in my mind. I was like, I'm only focusing on getting better and moving up and helping this team. So in my head, I was going to be a star, right? In my head, I was going to contribute to the team on the field at some point. And uh, like I said, I'm sure we've all felt the, the identity crisis, plus my knee was in pain, right? So I'm like laying in bed and uh, I, I needed to stay busy. That was the first thing that I needed to do and it didn't feel right. Anyone who's ever had their heart broken, this is a form of heartbreak, you know? It, you, you can't just sit around and cry all day, basically. Uh, I also moved in with you not too long afterwards, right? I right. think that helped me stay close to the game in some ways and feel close to the team in some ways. Right. Um, but I needed to try and get on with my life and stay busy as much as I could while I figured it out. Luckily, comedy was had been taking off for at least a year or two while I was on the team, so I was still pursuing the comedy. And it was starting to get confusing because I was starting to get success in comedy while we were becoming successful in football. And I'm like, oh, crap, like, seems like I'm getting success faster in comedy, even though I'm putting all this energy in football. So that helped, right? The fact that comedy was there. Um, but nevertheless, I loaded up on summer school and tried to, I took like 18 hours or nine hours, whatever it was, um, and applied myself, you know? But, but those, were, those were moments in life where I really sat around and I was like confused. I think my mom was, I would talk to her on the phone. I think she was getting nervous. <laughs> you know, like, yep. I don't like how Michael sounds right now, you know? Um, so, um, nevertheless, uh, I never stopped. I, for a while, I, I couldn't watch for football for a couple of years. And I'll even say this. I'll open up to you guys. And, Tommy, I don't know if you remember this, but I think the first time I saw you guys after I, I was living with you... And your dad talked me into coming 
to greet the team as they did the Tiger Walk into the stadium at the game. Yeah. And it was my first time seeing everybody. It was my first time on the close to the field since that had happened. It was that fall, so six months later or whatever. And as soon as you guys started walking toward me, I just started crying, you know? Um, and and I, it was, like, really intense. <laughs> I couldn't control it, you know? It was, like, these emotions that I didn't expect to have. Right. And tears were just, you know, streaming down my face. And uh, it just just overwhelming emotions. But it was good, though. It was healthy. It was therapeutic to have that. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, to move on, it's just like getting over a heartbreak. Uh, there's different parts of your life that, that I want that you need to focus on, that I focused on. It's like taking care of health. You still need to eat. You need to get up in the mornings. You need to be putting in the calories and staying healthy. I wanted to keep structure in my life if I could. I needed some kind of structure, so I would still use some of those workouts um, that we did and try to maintain my physique as, as best as I could. Obviously not as intense, because when you're doing it solo, you know, the team makes you strong, right? When you yeah. got your guys there and they're pumping you up, you, you don't want to let them down. That's one of the things that motivates me in life is not wanting to let people down. Mm -hmm. um, so it's trying to get into that routine. And, um, you know, I made I made a couple new friends, like I, I told you earlier. One of my buddies who uh, I met that in that summer, one of my best friends that I made from college who I ended up working with, um, you know, he hired me at the company that I work with today. Uh, almost seven years ago and I was able to take all those things that I learned in at Mizzou and Missouri football really is a business and I learned so much from that from that experience and I was able to apply those lessons toward life toward comedy toward business um, and and you know strength in numbers you know he brought his elements uh, other people in our company brought their elements and we all kind of were able to take this thing and make it extremely successful you know, and, and we're continuing to try and build. And, and, you know, I've finally gotten to the point where I know what I want to do, um, what I love. I It's comedy, you know. So I take all those things and I put everything. Everything I've ever learned in football goes into maintaining my life and my, my comedy. Um, so I think for anyone out there who – football's got to end at some point, you know, for anyone. Uh, or if you play any sports, figure out what you what you're passionate about and use those skills toward it because football's not the only thing, you know, even though it once felt like it. Um, and uh, I think if you can apply those those skills that you learn in football towards something that you're passionate about, you'll find your path again. You know? Yeah, I uh, made a post on Instagram a couple weeks ago that said, uh, if you haven't ever cried then your goals aren't big enough or you don't want it bad enough. And so I think that's just, like, a, it's a really a testament. Like, if you want something so bad and you can't get it, you can't get it, you haven't got it there yet, like, you're going to cry. It is, is what it is. And if you haven't cried, then you don't want it bad enough. Like, or your dreams aren't big enough, you know? So I, don't, I see whenever you said that, I think it's like, I felt that so many times and cried so many times, like in my car, just so mad, so mad and frustrated that I'm not where I want to be yet. Or I dropped the pass, that I worked on it. I ran that route a hundred times, and over the last couple weeks, and dropped it that one time, you know, and whatever it might be. So uh, 
I think what you said is applying, uh, apply, taking what you've learned and applying it, and, and no matter what that is. And I feel like sometimes we like we expect this like something just like slap us in the face, and we just all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, I'm so in love with this, and this is what my passion is. And I don't think it's like that. It's like this like slow, dull journey that you're on, and that you're trying to find stuff that you don't. Especially when you get into like, let's say after college or real world, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh my god, I love this so much. It's kind of like, I'm gonna try this. Oh, that sucks. I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm gonna try this. That sucks. Oh, this one's all right. And you just kind of, kind of fall in love with it through the process of learning it. And uh, and then I think it's just always taking a step back and like kind of seeing where you're at in life and if you're on the right path of where you want to be. And if you're not on the right path. Or the, your timeline's not matching up, then you've got to make a change. You've got to do something else too. Yeah. So continuing to reevaluate, right? Yep. Looking yourself to, honestly in the mirror, in the face, and and saying, "All right, where am I? Where do I want to go? Is there some that I can do to be more efficient to get there? Yep. You know, things like that. Yeah, and I I always try to think about it too. Like, if somebody asked me, "Hey, what, you know, what do you think I should do in this situation?" I feel like I'd have a, a good answer for them and like be able to like talk through that situation you know and it's like I try to do it myself all the time like okay be the hardest critic on yourself right now what would you tell yourself what advice would you give yourself and what direction and what needs to change and so um, I always try to do that and try to evaluate and like try to adjust my life and try to do it and it can't sometimes it's not overnight and sometimes it is you know, but let's say business, for example, like I'm running a startup from the ground up, invented these products and trying to go after it, right? Well, we all know starting a startup, you're not going to go make a million dollars right away, okay? Right? You cannot, you just can't win, you can't win the state championship to your point in August, right? You right. win it in November, right? But you can win practice today. And so for me, I feel like in the beginning of starting the business was I want to hit this home run. I want to win that state championship uh, in business, and that's financially making a ton of money. But also, I lost sight of today. Like I could have gone and sold one product today. I could have sold two products, but I wasn't focused on that because I was only focused on the state this state championship and trying to hit a home run. Yes, and so there's definitely a balance in. I'm, really learning now is you have to fight <laughs> this sounds it sounds uh so cheesy but it's so true i was watching game of thrones okay <laughs> watching game of thrones and little finger said to uh gosh i think he said it to aria and i don't know do you watch game of yeah thrones? yeah absolutely okay. yeah and he just and he, i forgot what episode it was but he was like you gotta fight every battle always you gotta you gotta have every expectation, every outcome, and you gotta fight it. So no matter what happens, it never catches you off guard. And that's something that played around my head is like, I gotta fight every single battle. I gotta fight the daily battle of executing my daily task and reaching the goals for today, whether that's a revenue number or whatever that might be. And I gotta fight the um, exit, right? What am I gonna do when I exit? What am I gonna do if I go bankrupt, right? every end of the spectrum and if you can fight and play every scenario in your head always and always adjusting and and 
um, taking a step back and looking at both ends of the spectrum, no matter what that is in your life, I think that you'll um, have this really good balance versus like putting all your weight on an exit or all your weight on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, it just, I feel like it's just a process of learning yourself and and trying to reach your goals and understand your value and then at the same time like um like I say growing every single day yeah oh that's another thing is um how did I get over the loss it, it's the mindset of football is next game is the only one that matters and yeah. even though there was never a next game for me it's tomorrow you know like I gotta move on you gotta be moving forward right yeah. so that's that's exactly it and I think to the point you just made People can dream all day, right? You can dream all day, but what action are you taking toward that dream? Just like you said, and it's got to be, I think no dream is too big, but to make that dream a reality, there has to be a path to it. You have to charter that path. And I think for for some, some of the things that we talked about earlier is you would map stuff out. So you would chart a path, right? You would set certain goals that you wanted to be at so that you could be doing X, Y, Z, yeah. right? So for anyone out there who has, has goals or dreams, there's no dream, never dream too big. Or, you know, It's okay to cry. People will fail. You will fail. It's, it's part of it. But you can overcome that failure. When you were talking about thinking about every outcome, that's Michael Jordan's mindset, man. That's how he used to think. He would think about every single scenario that could possibly happen. You know, So I think... Putting all those things together um, is what is, it is to be a successful person. You don't have to have played football before or anything like that, um, but that's something Tommy and I are extremely passionate about. And just don't ever forget, you got to have your head in the clouds, but your feet on the ground. That's what my dad always told me. Meaning, if you're gonna, you got to walk in reality. You got to know where you are. Look at yourself clearly in the face. Know where you want to go and walk toward that. Work toward that in reality. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably a good place to end, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Awesome, man. Well, it's been awesome having you on the show number 84. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And um, enjoy the rest of your night. Go, uh, go get under the squat rack now because I'm sure you're motivated. I am. I'm probably going to go do some squats. So, all right, guys. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?